You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on this final 2020 edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, and I told you we'll be joined here by Rivals.com's Mike Farrell. It's always a pleasure uh, to be joined by Mike Farrell, who many years ago, we, we were spending this time, Mike, um, in Courtyard Marriott's in San Antonio uh, going to Army All-American Bowl practices, and it doesn't feel like that long ago, but, boy, uh, 2020 is a lot different for you right now. Yeah, it's first time in 20-plus years I haven't been on the road for New Year's. So it's kind of cool, but uh, but you miss the All-Star games because that's such an important evaluation piece. So it, it sucks in a lot of ways. Mike, do we have any idea at all what kind of mess 2020 is going to cause to rosters, to recruiting? Uh, obviously, everyone signed – healthy numbers and have loaded up but nobody knows these kids nobody has seen these kids camps didn't happen a lot of things that typically help evaluations did not happen I mean do we have any idea what this is going to be like when it's all said and done we assume it's going to be a mess Um, we assume that the portal you know at the end of next season is going to go crazy Um, you know but we also don't know when it's going to be fixed. I mean, if I could tell you right now that we're going to have a normal spring and a normal evaluation period, normal camps, and then summer camps for colleges and true evaluations during the football season, then I could say, okay, we can kind of plan for the end of the first year for the 2021 class to be a little bit crazy. But this could go into the spring, and if it goes into the spring, it's going to affect the 2022 class. So, um, I think for the next few years, roster management is going to be a bit of a nightmare. When you look at just the recruiting calendar, I mean, the NCAA, it appears they want a one-size-fit-all, meaning until California, until places like that are fully open for business, you know, everyone's going to be held back. I mean, do you get the sense, I mean, at best, maybe we're looking at an April or maybe a May 1 where coaches could go on the road for an evaluation period? I hope so. Periods extended till April 15th, you know, which slides right into the spring evaluation period. Um, you know, it, it's funny because the NCAA was delaying it by a month at first, you know. Oh, because back in March, everybody was like, oh, maybe we'll be back to normal in four weeks. You know, we didn't know. Nobody knows. Um, and then they did it, you know, a couple months. And then they finally just threw in the towel at the middle of the season. and just said, you know what, April 15th, forget this. You know, we're not doing in-home visits in December as usual. We're not doing official visits. It's over for 2021. Now let's see if we can get back to normal for 2022. But um, I just don't know. There's so many differing strategies to deal with the pandemic. California, obviously, is extremely conservative and, and other places are very aggressive, like Florida, that you can rely upon everybody becoming uniformed in doing this um, because some states could take months and months and months to, you know, open things up, whereas other states are ready to roll now. So it's a difficult uh, prospect for them. And I'll tell you what, for, for teams like Nebraska, it kills them because you need to get those kids on campus. You need to get the visits. Um, you need to get in high schools. It's it's not a program. This isn't Ohio State where you can just sort of pick kids and they're going to commit to you sight unseen. Um, it's really important to get that, that in-person evaluation and relationship going. And 
Um, the rich are just going to get richer as long as this goes on. We're talking to Mike Farrell here of Rivals.com as we're addressing many recruiting topics uh, going on. And, and you mentioned Nebraska, Mike, and you know they, they survived this 2021 class. Obviously, they didn't have a great year, but they survived it because of the local talent. It was probably one of the better years we've seen in this footprint between Iowa and Nebraska and South Dakota and places like that, that they got a bulk of their class. And, you know, it's another good year in the region, but you're right. I mean, I agree with you, Mike. If Nebraska can't get kids in for a spring game, if they can't, you know, and I'm hearing maybe their spring game will be May 1 right now. They're going to try to go as late as they can possibly go. If they can't get them on campus for camps and um, kind of debunk the stereotypes of Nebraska to a kid, um, they're in for a long ride. Yeah, and you can't rely on regional talent uh, if you're Nebraska. You know, it, it's obviously nice to get some in-state kids. It's nice to go into Iowa and pull out a few kids and, and the Dakotas. Um, you know, and you'd like to see them do a little bit better in in Missouri. Um, but you can't rely on that. I mean, you need to have kids come from Texas or Florida or California or Georgia. Um, you know, and, and that requires a trip and you know to get there on an official visit isn't so easy as you know i mean you gotta fly and drive to get there on an unofficial visit is very very difficult for for kids um during the pandemic so i i think for regional recruiting it helps you've seen schools like wisconsin and iowa take advantage of it nebraska to an extent as well uh, when you're talking about building a roster that's going to compete for a division title that's where out-of-state recruiting is so crucial, and that's where I think they're you know, at a huge disadvantage right now. We're talking recruiting here with Mike Farrell, and you, know, you, you just look at the Big Ten in general, and Ohio State, once again, you know, stacks up by far the best class. I mean, do you, and then Michigan's got lots of problems and questions. Penn State had a down year, obviously, for their standards. I mean, big picture, where is this league? Is it basically turning into the ACC where it's Clemson and everyone else? Or do you think there can be a, a close second-place team right now? Um, it's not quite where the ACC is because, you know, the, the, the secondary programs haven't fallen off as badly. <clears throat> I mean, Florida State went from a national title contender to just the biggest dumpster fire in college football. And Miami went from dominating the Big East to never winning the ACC. And, you know, those are that's steep drops you know virginia tech as well as a program that sort of dropped a little bit um the big 10 hasn't had that i think you know penn state's bad season is an aberration uh, michigan is sort of treading water with jim harbaugh and that might not change uh wisconsin's always a threat uh in the west um and you've had some teams pop up here and there that have strengthened the conference you know minnesota last year and, and you know iowa's been pretty consistent but the talent gap at the top to the next closest team is 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 ACC like in the way that Ohio State's going to finish top five in recruiting and pick and choose who they want, and then go into the Southeast and, and battle. Uh, Clemson's going to do the same thing. The second best team recruiting wise in the ACC is Miami, and that's because of all the local talent staying home because of the pandemic. Um, I guess the second best team is Michigan in the Big Ten. And they're just, you know, all over the map when it comes to recruiting and, and, and they're just a bit of a mess. So uh, it's Ohio State for the foreseeable future. Um, 
And and that being said, they still don't look that impressive this year. I mean, they almost lost to Indiana. They struggle with Northwestern. It's amazing that, you know, a shortened season can do that much to a talented roster because Ohio State clearly has the most talented roster. But, man, I wasn't overly impressed with them this year. Yeah, and, and Mike, you look at the playoff, too. I mean, I think six, seven years ago, we thought this is the greatest thing we've done for the game. But in some ways, it's hurt the game because it's eliminated large portions of the country from contention. Yeah, and, and that's going to be the case for a while. Um, you know, as long as Nick Saban's there, Alabama's going to be a competitor. And if they're not, someone from the SEC West is going to be in the playoff. And, and you know, the SEC is always going to possibly get two teams in there. Um, on and on it goes. So, you know, when you look at teams rising up, Michigan State got in the playoff. That was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, Oregon made a run one year. But it's mostly the same schools over and over again. And, again, I think this year we're going to have a repeat of Alabama and Clemson in the title game. And that's not good for, for parity or for college football. Um, it makes it more difficult. The great equalizer here a lot of people think could be the transfer portal, but it could be the opposite. I mean, a kid could be a star at a, at a mid-level or lower-level Power 5 school and just say, you know what, I want to spend my next two years at Alabama. I'm going to go there because they put all the kids in the pros. And it could make Alabama even better than they are now, which is scary. So I'm really not sure what's going to occur to, to have any sort of parity in college football short of just – that this is cyclical and eventually it's going to change just by, by a matter of course, but you're right. I mean, it's the same teams over and over again. All right. We're going to pick up this conversation here after the break more with Mike Farrell. You're listening here to the Husker online show.